So we now have a, a Brexit deal, well, almost in place. But what does it mean for the government? As Boris Johnson prepares to bring the deal to Parliament for debate, I'm joined by Jill Ross, a senior fellow at the think tank UK in a changing Europe. Welcome to the programme, Jill. What will the government uh, be doing as we speak? Well, it'll be finalising the legislation it needs to bring forward because uh, it's recording Parliament next week, I think sort of Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and MPs have to pass a bill because for this agreement to take effect in UK law, the government has to have made provisions to implement it. Um, so that's got to happen. Parliament will come back. I don't think the Prime Minister is anticipating any difficulties in passing this, uh, even if some of some on his own backbenches might be tempted to rebel and some Labour MPs don't like it, decide to defy Keir Starmer, he's still got a thumping majority for this deal in Parliament. Who do you expect is, is likely, however, to oppose it? Don't know. I mean, it was quite interesting. I thought that Nigel Farage came out and was quite positive uh, when he heard about the deal on, uh, on Christmas Eve. So I think that's quite helpful because difficult in a sense to be outflanked by Nigel Farage. But there will be some uh, some sticklers on the back benches, I think, who will look at it and say, well, are we a bit too bought in to the European Union? Have we given away too much on fish? Remember, the fisher, fishing representatives already are slightly unhappy about that, saying that we could have done a better deal, that they've been traded away for this uh, wider deal. So I think there might be some of those sorts of criticism coming forward. But I think more generally on the Conservative backbenches, the sense we want of relief that no deal's been avoided. And most will want to support, as you heard Robert Halfen just doing that, the Prime Minister's narrative that this fulfills the Brexit commitments and let's just move on. And I think there's probably a bit of a sense in the country as well from quite a lot of people that actually this is this is the deal. We've got one. Let's move on and talk about something else. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Robert Halfen admitting to us this morning that he didn't spend Christmas Day reading details of the deal, uh, but he plans to in the coming days. There, there aren't many days left to read a document that by the sounds of it is pretty hefty. Is this all happening a bit too quickly? Well, if you believe in detailed parliamentary scrutiny of a deal, it's clearly ridiculous to land a document of this size onto Parliament with this short notice. Um, but in many ways, that's probably quite helpful for the Prime Minister, because it means people won't have time to pick the whole thing apart. problem for the Prime Minister is when people discover down the line that he's signed up to things that don't pan out in practice quite the way he thought, because he himself was pretty shaky on some of the details of his deal uh, at his press conference on uh, on Thursday. I'm getting all my days muddled up at his press conference on Thursday because he, you know, remember he said there are no non-tariff barriers in this deal. That was actually in his speaking notes. Uh, he's done away with tariff barriers, but they're very substantial non-tariff barriers uh, implied by this deal. So it was a, a bit weird he wasn't across that degree of detail. So I think that's the risk of doing it very quickly is just like people say on the Northern Ireland protocol, well, we didn't realise this is what we were signing up to. That was rushed through, but that was rushed through in three or four weeks uh, with a bit more notice than this. This is you know, going to set the uh, set the context for UK's relationship, hopefully for quite a long time. That's quite so, a scary prospect, isn't it, Jill? I mean, the idea that we're pushing something through without the real detail being understood. How likely is that? Uh, well, I think that's inevitable, actually, at this at this stage. But I think the truth is that with the sort of very finely crafted deal like this, 
the way in which this is a really interesting question for how the government is generally going to handle trade deals. MPs are basically presented with a fait accompli. They're told this is it, take it or leave it. Um, the trouble for MPs with this deal is if they rejected it, then we head for no deal. That's why the Prime Minister can be absolutely confident that even if people like Keir Starmer and Hillary Benn say this is a very thin deal compared to one they might have negotiated, they basically look at it and say, but it's better than no deal. And that's, uh, so Parliament almost, if you like, has a gun to its head to say, pass this or take the consequences. But it's not a great way of doing things. Um, because down the line, we will discover that there are bits in it that we don't know. The other thing is, an awful lot depends on how the EU treats this deal. Um, we've got these detail level playing field provisions, you know, those ones guaranteed to try and get fair competition between the UK and the EU. And there's going to be some really interesting things about how does this pan out in practice? Is there in practice a fairly high bar so the UK can do you know, quite a lot of things a bit differently and the EU doesn't try to invoke those provisions? or is it going to be that every time the UK moves slightly away from the EU regime or doesn't follow a change in EU regulation, the EU is going back and saying, look, the UK is diverging, the UK is diverging, uh, better tear up this agreement, better impose some tariffs. And that'll matter a lot for how attractive the UK is going forward as a place. Can the UK say to people who want to invest in the UK and take advantage of whatever sort of better regulatory regime the Prime Minister might put in place here, can they say, and yes, you're guaranteed to continue to get tariff-free access to the single market? Because that's sort of been a big selling point you know, ever since the single market was uh, was introduced for uh, foreign investors into the UK. So where does this leave British jobs? British jobs, well, the analysis for mainstream, by mainstream economists, is that moving away, disrupting the trading arrangement with our biggest trading partner and introducing friction, because this deal does still mean friction. We'll see some of that at the end of next week. <laughs> it might be all overshadowed by the friction we've been seeing in the past couple of weeks, but we'll be seeing that uh, from next week as people get to grips with all the paperwork and the new requirements to comply with the rules of the change rules for doing trade with the EU, something Michael Gove is stressing in the Times today that you still have to get ready for all of that. Um, so we'll see, we'll potentially see, we've always seen that there'll be some long-term economic hit from moving to a more distant relationship with you know, with our close trading partner. That's what all the economics, uh, economics mm. says. That's assuming no changes in policy. So one of the issues for the government is does it have other things up its sleeve that it can do in terms of you know, domestic policy, probably things it could have always done while we were an EU member, but does this act as a catalyst to do things? So, you know, will those effects be swamped by the effects of the Prime Minister's Green Industrial Revolution, upping skills training enormously, something mm. we've sort of neglected because we've been able to import uh, workers from the EU relatively easily. So I think in the long term, it'll be a bit difficult to discern the immediate impacts. There might be some sectors that have been affected, but one of the things the government does seem to have done is get a relatively okay deal for cars, which might have been one of the sectors 
where we could have expect to see some sort of immediate mm. uh, closures. And but that's a no doubt. going through big change anyway. No so doubt, Jill. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, the details of this, the devil is, of course, in the detail. And we'll be uh, pouring over that in weeks to come, I have no doubt. Really good to speak to you, Jill Rush, a senior fellow at the Think Tank UK, a changing Europe, uh, UK in a changing Europe, rather.